This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Recently, there were a few cases of Zika virus that have popped up in Florida. Now, a Miami neighborhood is the latest focus of the Zika virus. Over the weekend, the amount of cases went from 4 to 14, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warned pregnant women to stay away from the neighborhood in Miami where the mosquitoes were found. Dr. Peter J. Hodes is the dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor's College of Medicine in Houston. He's also chair in tropical pediatrics at Texas Children's Hospital. And uh, Dr. Hodes joins us on the show right now. Peter, great to have you on the show again. Uh, Thanks for having me back. Thank you. Uh, This number, it's still a small outbreak, but the fact that it went from 4 to 14 over a weekend, I I guess that, that does throw up some yellow flags. Well, you know, we've been having this discussion now for a few months. Uh, We've been talking about how Zika virus infection uh, will strike the Gulf Coast and South Florida, so it's just a matter of time, and and now it's happened. So uh, this is the first uh, outbreak that we've had for the summer. We should expect uh, additional outbreaks to occur in South Florida and the Gulf Coast, and don't be surprised if uh, we hear in a couple of days from now that this uh, contained outbreak within a one or two square mile area enlarges or uh, other parts of the Miami become infected. This is something that we uh, know can probably happen. We mentioned the CDC is getting involved. What is the city of Miami doing at this point uh, that you know to try and help this process out? Well, what they're doing, and this is happening with the Florida State Department and local health authorities, and together with the CDC providing technical guidance, is number one, protecting women who are pregnant or thinking it might become who might be pregnant. This is the overwhelming uh, concern because this is a virus that produces a devastating congenital birth defect. Beyond that, the illness is typically usually mild, although it can produce some other neurologic. problems such as Guillain-Barre syndrome, but we're overwhelmingly worried about protecting pregnant women. So uh, a lot of the effort is uh, explaining to pregnant women how to protect themselves, remaining indoors and air conditioning if you can. If you have to go out, talk to your obstetrician about using uh, DEET repellent. Um, That's not as trivial as it sounds, especially for uh, working uh, women uh, who have to work outside the home, or especially for women who live in low-income uh, areas where they may not have adequate housing. Uh, so that's that's not trivial. And I think the other uh, second major approach is to uh, continue efforts of what I call active surveillance, that is testing populations in and around the area to see how far uh, this thing has spread. That's going to be very important. And then doing the very difficult task of 80s aegypti mosquito control. And I say difficult because it's not the way we usually do mosquito control. Uh, Most of the mosquito control in the United States is focused around Culex mosquitoes that transmit West Nile, which means sending a truck around and lifting up a fog of insecticidal uh, mist or spray. This is quite different. This requires going house to house to house 
in spraying in and around homes and getting rid of containers that contain water that breed mosquitoes, especially discarded tires, old TV sets, things like that. Doesn't this though? It doesn't it have a little bit of a a, a time frame on it in terms of the uh, the uh, the susceptibility of seeing this this grow in the south uh, because once we get more into the winter and we start to see uh, the freezes that we will see in Florida and some of the areas of the south that the problem of, of Zika will go away at least for for the winter time yeah you're absolutely right so this uh, this is only going to be around as long as the 80s Egypti mosquitoes around which roughly correlates towards uh, middle late summer into early fall so uh, six weeks from now uh, we should start expecting to see a pretty steep decline in these Egypti mosquitoes and at least for this year uh, the threat will go away it's almost uh, I almost draw a parallel analogy to hurricane season uh, that kind of more or less coincides the two are more or less coincide so so think of it from that standpoint so in terms of uh, protective measures uh, uh, being worried, uh, being anxious about getting Zika, uh, this will not go on forever. This is a limited period of time. And again, for the for the people that that are infected with this, uh, the ones down in South Florida, those 14 cases, uh, what is the the, the pattern of uh, of trying to uh, handle the disease at this point? Well, most people with Zika do develop a relatively mild illness, although it can be uncomfortable. It produces uh, fever and a rash, and the rash is uh, all over the body. It's a reddish raised rash that's very itchy and it is very uncomfortable. Not sick enough to make you go to the hospital, but it is unpleasant. It also... uh, uh, can produce some ulcers in the mouth, so you feel pretty crummy. Uh, so that's that's one uh, that that's probably what's happening in, in a certain percentage of those 14 individuals. And if you're pregnant, uh, then that's that's going to be give you pause for concern. And there's going to presumably that uh, those women will get the attention of uh, obstetricians in the community. Right. And if you're a, a male that is infected with Zika and you have a female partner, there's going to have to be a discussion about how to have protected uh, sex for the next few weeks uh, to prevent sexual transmission, which does not a common mode of transmission, but it does seem to occur. Uh, we'll get back to the Miami end of it as well but uh, in a second, but I did want to bring up, obviously, we're getting closer and closer to the Olympics, and we've seen a lot of athletes that have decided that they are American athletes that are not going to go to, uh, to Rio coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, any surprise? that we're seeing those numbers I mean several of the the track athletes I know uh, several of the pro golfers are, are not going down there well from my perspective the the risk of getting Zika uh, in Rio de Janeiro during the time of the Olympics this month is ironically somewhat less than many other places in the Americas it's not zero but remember this is a virus that is uh, where you're great at risk of getting it if you're in an area where the whole population has never seen the virus before, and uh, such as Miami, for instance, or Puerto Rico, or Honduras, which are getting hit, which are really getting slammed with Zika, in contrast, in Rio de Janeiro, their big wave went through last year, on May and June of last year, and that's where a high percentage of the population became infected, and uh, as a consequence, the level of transmission now is reduced. Plus, the fact that August is uh, 
is winter in the southern hemisphere. So right. actually, August is the coldest month of the year in Rio de Janeiro. And we know historically that mosquitoes are at their nadir. They're at their lowest uh, level. So that and the fact that the Brazilians presumably are aggressively uh, uh, spraying the area, uh, doing 80s Egypti control, right. says to me that uh, uh, somewhat ironically or paradoxically, uh, Rio de Janeiro may be one of the safer places in the Western Hemisphere right now. How much of a factor, in getting back to Florida for a second, how much of a factor is that we're at a time of the year uh, throughout the summer months where you, you know, Florida gets those those late afternoon heavy rains and that water sits uh, throughout the night? How much of a problem is that in terms of the spread uh, of the Zika virus right now? Well, all of these factors uh, account for the fact that we see a big bump in 80s Egypti mosquito numbers, the mosquito that can transmit Zika during July and August and into September. Uh, that, that's part of the, it's part of the equation in, in helping to promote 80s Egypti. So we've known now for months that this is going to be the crunch time of when we're going to start seeing Zika transmission. 844-WHARTON is the number to give us a call, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, they are spraying, from what I understand, in that neighborhood, but I guess they're spraying at night, obviously to try and do it at a time where, where people are not walking around, correct? Yeah, I don't know the logistics of when and, and how they're doing the spraying. I haven't seen it done personally. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're undoubtedly very focused on that area. My advice, though, would be not to just restrict yourself to that area, that you have to remember that anybody who's in that area could be that they have not, they've likely not identified all of the cases. You know, first it was two, then it was four, now it's 14. We have to assume there's going to be more, and people with Zika in their bloodstream are going to be traveling to other parts of Miami. So right. from my perspective, the, the whole city's at risk. Uh, Dr. Peter J. Hodes is the dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at uh, Baylor's College of Medicine in Houston. Again, your comments are welcome at 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. So the, the CDC going in there, what are they actually looking for? What are they going to be doing in that, in that portion of, uh, of Miami and I would think in the surrounding neighborhoods as well? I would guess what they're focused on is getting their arms around this outbreak, trying to determine how extensive it is. Uh, you know, they've already, you know, seen that the numbers go up, um, so they want to make certain that those that they've they've exhaustively searched for every uh, Zika patient. But they, I think they also really need to better understand how extensive this is because the travel warnings are quite specific for that area of Wynwood. Uh, to me, it's, it's probably not what I would have recommended. I would have recommended if you're pregnant or think you might be pregnant to avoid going to Miami uh, right now ba based on uh, the dynamics of uh, the spread of this disease. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and, and thinking that how significant of an issue could this become uh, in, in the next several weeks? Obviously, we're talking about one city, and we're talking about a portion of one city. Uh, but as a, as a member of the medical field, how, how concerned are you about this potentially spreading to other portions of the city of Miami and then put the potential of, of spreading uh, further within that region, Dade County, and, and other parts of the state? Well, I think you have to use that word spreading in quotation. So it's okay. not I mean, yes, it is going to be spreading to other parts of Miami, but I think the other the other way to think about this is not just 
spreading what's happening. Um, we have the Aedes aegypti mosquitoes all over the Gulf Coast and in South Florida, and for quirky reasons, even some pockets around Riverside, California, Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. So the problem is that on any given day, you have hundreds or if not thousands of people coming from the highly infected areas of Latin America, Central America, uh, the Caribbean, uh, coming into those uh, cities. And, um, and there, the mosquito is uh, uh, biting people that have people coming in from the outside, having Zika in their bloodstream, and then igniting new foci of transmission. So that's the worry, that, you're, that this is not the last outbreak that we should expect to see, that over the next six, seven weeks, we could see multiple outbreaks happening. And the the concern, I guess, one of the things that, that they're probably worried about is uh, the fact that uh, the possibility of these mosquitoes could at some point become resistant to, to whatever spraying that they are doing down there in Miami right now. Yeah, that's a potential concern. What I'm more concerned about, though, is the fact that uh, there may be outbreaks happening on the Gulf Coast in Florida that are going undetected. I mean, one of the reasons why this was detected in Miami is because they have a very well-oiled state health department and county health department that is ready to mobilize and look for cases. But you can go to some counties in in Florida and the Gulf Coast that uh, barely have any capacity at all or any bandwidth to do anything. And that's why the federal funds were so needed from Congress to strengthen the health systems of all of those other counties. So the fact that's not happened means uh, that we've been, the Congress has placed the Gulf Coast and Florida at risk for uh, Zika outbreaks happening that go unnoticed and unobserved. So my my big worry is the nightmare scenario that we saw in northeastern Brazil uh, last fall, where all of a sudden you saw hundreds of babies with microcephaly uh, and fetal yeah. brain disruption sequence showing up in obstetrical wards in uh, uh, various hospitals on, in northeastern Brazil and in Recife and Salvador de Bahia. That's not what I want to see happening in our country, well, and, and that's the concern. If memory serves me, I think I, I heard of, of one case of microcephaly here in the U.S., uh, within the last uh, last couple of months, that that was obviously linked to the Zika virus, uh, but but that's been it to this point, to my knowledge. Correct. Well, no, there's been a few cases okay. now of okay. uh, mothers who have acquired their infection abroad from Latin America and the Caribbean, coming here to give birth and giving birth to a baby with microcephaly. It's happened in our uh, Harris County area, and it's happened elsewhere. That's going to continue to happen. The big concern that I have now is if transmission starts on the Gulf Coast that seven, eight, or nine months from now, as we go into the spring of 2017, we might see uh, microcephaly in uh, babies born uh, to mothers who've never left the country and who've yeah. been in the continental United States, and that would be an unacceptable uh, tragedy. Uh, so then, uh, even though that that uh, the the funding did not go through, uh, this is something that that needs to be on the focus of the Congress when they come back f- from their summer break and and see if you can get this back on the agenda so that you can handle this at some point. Correct. Right, but think about the timing. If uh, if this is this is a time sensitive uh, epidemic, this is one that's going to peak. Uh, in in August and start going down in September. Right. Uh, Congress gets in. Uh, Congress gets in at the end of this and says, uh, "Oh well, <laughs> that's it. So this is 
Congress has seen better days in my opinion. What? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Uh, then then it, because this is cyclical and we're going to go through a winter period where this won't be a concern, is the potential of this cropping back up next spring or next summer greater because of the fact now that we've seen it here in, in the United States in 2016? Well, we don't really know. Um once you know, once it's entered into a population, that population tends to be immune and somewhat protected, but there's yeah. still plenty of new places where the virus could show up. So the problem is, this is so new, and we've only we've only really known about Zika virus in the Western Hemisphere for for less than a year now. So we're on a steep learning curve. We don't really know what's going to happen next summer. Uh, so it it could it could not. Not hit altogether, or it could hit with a with a much greater vengeance than it's hitting uh, this year. So it's even though Congress is going to get back in session after the fact, uh, we're still going to need funds to look at what's going to be happening in the out years. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number to give us a call. We're also joined right now for a few minutes by Jane Woldridge, who is the business editor at the Miami Herald. Uh, Jane, thanks for uh, joining us for a few minutes. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we've obviously been talking with Dr. Hodes about this problem. Uh, you obviously being there, and this story has, has kind of jumped out in the last few days because of the uh, the numbers of increases. And again, like we said with him, it's a small number, but going from four to 14 cases, that starts to throw up, I would think, some yellow flags down there. Well, certainly um, there are two aspects of this that I think are affecting the business community. One is uh, an economic and external um, aspect of this, which is tourism, which is the number one industry here. And um, there have been, as you probably know, a number of warnings, one issued by the CDC and one issued by the British Travel um, Advisory folks, um, saying if you're pregnant, avoid the Wimwood area. Um, the Wimwood is um, a area that's very concentrated in terms of outdoor activity. It's where the art walls are, very okay. popular tourism stop, great restaurants. And this is the launch of our um, our restaurant month here. So oh, normally it would be a packed time in Wimwood. Of course, this mostly affects or has the most extreme effect on people of childbearing age. Yep. So if you're past your sell-by date, like I am, um, it's I'm not really worried about whether or not I get Zika, because if I have the flu for a couple of days, you know, not the end of the world. But there is a lot of concern. The way the tourism community is dealing with it is to uh, encourage people and let them know that this is an issue in one part of town, but it's a one-square-mile area at right. this point. And there's, you know, you can still go to the beach. You can still go to downtown. Plenty of other um, venues are not affected at this point. Uh, so, I, I, I mentioned yeah. before that they are doing spraying in that area, uh, and I guess from what I understand, they're doing it at night. Are, is the CDC or the city of Miami or the state health department, are they, you know, out there and, and providing you know, DEET if necessary for people that are going into that area? Well, they are, particularly, for instance, um, they are at this very moment doing a DEET handout for homeless people who live near that area. Right. Um, whether or not they're actually doing it in the restaurants themselves, I don't think that the health department is doing it inside those restaurants, but the restaurants we've talked to have indicated that they are providing that for their clients. And they're very mindful of this because people 
obviously this is their livelihood. There's another aspect of this that's beginning to show up in the business community, though, and that is um, employees who want to work remotely. And a lot oh, of the yeah. employers we've talked to have, um, if they have employees out of town who occasionally come in, or they have people who, um, you know, their their offices uh, may be near downtown, they're getting requests from employees to um, to work remotely. And um, some of the attorneys are indicating that they're hearing questions from employers and have had to be reminded that they have to make accommodations for everyone, hmm. not just pregnant people, um, because that's right. what the law says. So if, uh, the, if employers are making accommodations for anybody, they have to make that available to everybody on the team. And if you have the kind of workplace where people normally need to be in an office, this can create some, some interesting dialogue. Well, I was going to ask you, if they are doing handouts of, of DEET in that area right now, I'm guessing they're handing it out to everybody because, the, you know, I'm sure the men or the women, even women that are not of, uh, you know, of pregnant uh, or that are looking to get pregnant, certainly the last thing they want to have to do is try and deal with a, uh, with a, with a fever or a virus for a couple of days. So, you know, hand it out to everybody, correct? Well, I um, I believe that is correct. The handout, um, uh, the formal handout program for the homeless just started this morning. And right. one of the things that the CDC is just arriving here, their team, I think, got in this morning. So this is an, a developing story. And I think it really caught people by surprise, understandably so. I mean, we have been writing about Zika here uh, much longer than most people in the U.S. Um, yep. because of our proximity to the Caribbean and Latin America that it has um, emerged, it's still a small number of cases, but that it's emerged so rapidly means that it is a changing scenario. What I can tell you is that people are very conscious. The businesses in the Wynwood District are very conscious. Um, you, like I said, I think there's a big difference between somebody who might get the flu for a day or two and somebody who's, you know, a childbearing age, male or female, um, because they can be affected. There have been studies that indicate that this can be passed by sperm as well. And, and I would think that the, the that the restaurant community in that part of town would be certainly well behind the effort to try and, and, and help out wherever they could. It, it, one, for the business aspect of it, but as two, as you mentioned, and I guess you have a restaurant fest that's going on in that area as well. Well, the restaurant, uh, it's Miami Spice Month, and it is all over town. Okay. Right. Um, so it's it's everywhere in town, but it's um, th- listen. It could be better timing. I actually got an email from a company yesterday that is opening a store in the Wynwood District yesterday, and they were trying <laughs> to get us to cover it. And I said. Do you know what's happening in Wynwood right now? What we're focused on is Zika coverage, but our Zika team is going to go over and chat with this this shop owner and see what they are doing and how they're reacting to all of this. Uh, and doctor, with uh, with the fact that the, that these mosquitoes, I guess, have a fairly short life uh, lifespan, uh, the the disease is being spread so quickly because they are able to multiply uh, and, and leave these eggs behind. Well, what's happening is you've got a number of people now with Zika in their bloodstream. Uh, the CDC is saying 14. There's, undo- there's undoubtedly more. Right. They're getting bitten by mosquitoes, and then the mosquitoes uh, can actually in- in- then reinfect multiple uh, people. Uh, so 
Uh, I don't think we're we're going to see. This is not going to end just with this small outbreak in Wynwood. I would expect to see additional foci show up, if not in Miami and elsewhere. And I think uh, you, know, you know your other guest brings up an appropriate point that this is not only having a public health impact and very frightening for pregnant women. This is going to have a big. This is going to have a big economic impact. Miami's going to take a big hit, uh, which uh, goes back again to the U.S. Congress uh, that uh, they've failed to recognize not only the health impact but the important economic impact of Zika virus to our Gulf Coast and South Florida. Jane, what has been the reaction uh, there in Miami, uh, whether it be uh, at the local level or even at the state level with uh, Governor Scott, about uh, about the reaction, about the, the, the national, the, the federal government, not providing funding to help fight this? Well, I, it has not been a major topic of conversation. I'm sure it will be now, but it has right. been a topic of conversation. Um, obviously, there was a Florida senator, Bill Nelson, who's been pushing for this um, funding in Congress. And I think that as this becomes much more evident that people will be um, much more concerned about this. The governor is addressing this every day. Um, I mean, this is a, people are very actively engaged in this topic. It's worth pointing out something, though. Right now we're talking about 14 confirmed cases that were um, not travel-related cases, that were local transmission. Um, the CDC and the local health officials have, in fact, tested more than 2,000 people and found 14 cases. So this is not an epidemic. What happens in the future, I'm not the doctor, the other guy is. But what I will say is all things, you know, this is Miami, and that means we're in the tropics. You're going to have some mosquitoes. It's, it's, you know, part of living in this part of the world. Yeah. People are very mindful of emptying out um, standing water and places where mosquitoes can breed. So I think there's enormous um, local cooperation on that. And the other thing is Miami is a place that occasionally gets, um, you know, uh, hit with adverse circumstances that would fell a lesser place or a different place. And we're really good here at rolling with the punches. People here are very concerned about this. They're taking it very seriously. They're also figuring out ways to be resilient. Peter, uh, you're, you do some work with the, uh, with the uh, State Department, uh, and, and I get want to be interested in getting your reaction in terms of what your conversations have kind of been like with them about this problem and, uh, and what the expectation is in, in the weeks and months to come. Well, I think an important issue and question is where is Zika headed next? Yeah. Uh, remember, wherever you have the Aedes aegypti mosquito, there's you're potentially vulnerable. So we're, you know, concerned about West Africa. I think that's that's an area where Zika could travel to next. You know, everyone's worried about the big uh, influx of human migrations in and out of Rio de Janeiro during the time of the Olympics this month, but it pales in comparison to the annual Hajj pilgrimage. Uh, where uh, the numbers of people going going to Mecca and Medina and Saudi Arabia are much higher. And in fact, historically, uh, the Hajj pilgrimage is what's ignited uh, dengue uh, epidemics 
uh, on the Arabian Peninsula back in the 1990s and in the 2000s. So I think that's another uh, point of concern is Zika going into the Middle East uh, at this point. And of right. course, Southern Europe does not have the Aedes aegypti mosquitoes, but it has Aedes albopictus, which is another mosquito that can transmit not as efficiently, but still does. And in Southern Europe, in the last few years, we've seen a massive increase in vector-borne diseases, return of malaria, uh, dengue, chikungunya, uh, uh, others. So I think that's going to be a, uh, an area of concern as well. Great to have you on the show again, Peter. Thank you very much for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Good. And man, many thanks to Jane uh, Wooldridge uh, from the uh, Miami Herald as well for joining us on the show. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.